wake up just sick. I've actually been dealing with this a few days now. been battling it. I actually have not had a cold since the 49ers championship game when, when they trounced the Packers. I know that specifically because I'm pretty confident that I gave uh, 60,000 people COVID that day. I did the back mm-hmm. math, and, I'm, and I think I had it then. I haven't been even had a cold then, which is wild considering my um, children are going to school constantly and, and constantly sick. But um, we were going to talk about a health episode and tie that in. Uh, it was going to be funny, me uh, looking and talking like this uh, about talking about health. But we'll put that one off till next week. And even though I did shower and shave for you, Liz, yeah, looking at myself here, don't use video for this one. I even used my seed oil disrespector shirt. It's Wear that Monday. Yeah, yeah, but I look horrible. Yeah, I look uh, bad. And I'm a wuss, too, when I'm sick. So, um, yeah, and I'm on cold medicine. So, uh, yeah, there, that's my defense before. Yeah, you can't do the health podcast while sick. It's like Bill Gates giving health advice with his man tits and his big fat belly and Joe Rogan. Rogan. I don't know. I don't know if you saw Rogan making fun of him. Rogan, who's Jack. Oh, don't listen to Joe Rogan for health. Don't listen to Aaron Rodgers for health. Listen to this guy for health. No, it was part of my notes. So Bill Gates is part of my notes to be talking about the health. But yeah, anyway, I'm battling a cold here, but I'm I'm here to talk uh, talk any mess you want. We'll, we'll nix the video. So I'm a genius. You're going to like this. So this morning, you know, I'd been on vacation for most of the week and I was off Twitter for a few days and I'd done some thinking and your brain is kind of affected differently when you're off. I wasn't totally offline. I was reading some sub stacks and stuff, but I wasn't on Twitter. I stayed away and I had a bunch of ideas and thoughts and I thought, okay, I'm just going to record a solo one for the chrislist.com website. And I recorded it. And I don't know. I thought it was pretty good. You know, it was a good solo podcast and I downloaded it, whatever. And then a couple hours ago, I was like, all right, I'll upload it to start editing. I'll just start. I probably won't finish. And there's no sound. And so I checked the video and there's video of me talking for half an hour by myself. No sound. So basically, one of the benefits of having a co-host is when you check in, you could be like, I can't hear you or I can hear you. Yeah, you sound good. I just basically wasted half an hour. It was definitely my best podcast ever. I guarantee it was brilliant. Anyone who had listened would have instantly made lots of money from it. They would have become more awakened as a human being, spiritually. Uh, Before we started and... even recording, talking here today, I couldn't hear you. You still didn't figure it out. Well, that's what it probably was, was the button wasn't pushed. And then I just went with it and I didn't have anyone to say, hey, by the way, I can't hear you. So that is just, it's one of those things. You know, it reminds me of, there's a time in around, it was around 1998, 99. Uh, I had a roommate, my buddy Adam. We're living in uh, LA and we got super baked as we were wont to do. And we were, I was lying on the couch. He was lying on his reclining chair. We're just kind of sitting there. And all of a sudden the phone rings. And, you know, it was back in the day when you had an answering machine, there was a landline with the answering machine. Phone rings. We both kind of look at each other like, I'm not getting that shit. And he's like, you know, like neither of us want to get it because we're both super baked. And so we wait for the machine to pick up to see who it is. And it's like beep. And we're like ready to kind of laugh at whoever it is, leaving a message. And you just hear click. And then we both started laughing. And it was like, that never happened. Like we... They didn't know we were home. We don't know who it was. It was right, just like yeah. a non-event, right? No, they didn't want to deal with leaving a message. We didn't want to deal with picking up the phone. I mean, that's kind of how I view my uh, earlier podcast today. It was something that happened that no one really knows what was said. But I will get into some of it you know, on this podcast. But anyway. I think I heard just... a story once with you in a hotel room, too, and not wanting to deal with who's, who's knocking at the door, too. I think I heard that one. When was that? I can't remember that. When was that? I don't know. You told me once. In Arizona, it may, have, may or may have happened. Oh, I don't even remember. Cut that out. But yeah, dude, on a labor trip, that 100% happened. You're, we both looked at each other. We're like, we don't want to deal with this. Like, oh, who's we're answering both the door? Su- super baked. <laughs> Someone knocked on the door even... and you went and had to deal with it. And it some guy uh, told uh, you. That, oh, that hotel. That, oh, uh, yeah, that crappy yes, hotel. I vaguely uh, remember. I vaguely yeah, remember. That, ho- that hotel with the So elevator. I got to edit that out? You can't. Uh, uh, okay. So there's another time 
where my friend and I ate some mushrooms in Central Park. It was probably about 25 years old. And then we were both like, all right, you go home, shower and change. I'll go home, shower and change. We'll, we'll hang out later. And so like an hour later, I called him and I said, dude, where are you, man? You're not showing up. He said, dude, I'm sorry. I, I just can't get by the doorman. I can't face the doorman. I can't talk to him. So he couldn't leave his house. That's and then so we just both spent our time alone. Anyway, enough of that. There's no time for hallucinogenic stories and, and jest. This is a serious time. Let me know what's on your mind because I got a few notes. I got a few things. Yeah, no, I was go ahead and just treat it like your solo pod. I was prepared for the health one anyway. I mean, I know obviously there's serious uh, stuff going on um, in the world. So yeah, no, go, go, go to it, list. Well, it's always a good time to be healthy, especially when there's shit going on. So one thing is we got a negative review. I hate to mention it because I don't want to encourage people like, oh, they read my review. Good. I'm getting in their head. It's not, it doesn't bother me. And actually, one of the things the guy said is actually true. said the podcast is unlistenable because I seem to be obsessed COVID measures. And he's correct that I am obsessed with COVID measures. And I think I'm rightly obsessed with COVID measures. Like I think this is an assault on people's freedom of a nature that we've never seen in our lifetimes. And it's happening all over the world in a coordinated fashion. I think it, it kind of bothers me to see people talking about anything else almost because it's like, yeah, but your house is on fire, man. I don't really care about the gossip that you heard at the bar or the horse race that's going on at the track, your house is on fire. No, you're on fire. But, I, I kind of feel like, yeah. you know, maybe, maybe he wanted some more normy content about whatever, but that, but that's fine. So he, he actually is correct. I mean, like a lot of the shit I say ends up going back to that. And I think that's a, a true observation at least, but the, the beef I have with it is just this, is that why are you posting? It's unlistenable on a free podcast. Like what would be the purpose of doing that? Yeah, well, I don't understand the comments too. And I, I read some you know, a long time ago, it was like, whatever, 30 to one or something or negative to comments too on the internet or something, something crazy. Well, no, ours are like 30 to one positive. Like we have, like everybody's five. Well, just in five general, star. I mean, just in general, this doesn't, it seems more unlikely to, to, to log on and be like, great job than it is to someone just air their grievance or whatever, what's going on in their own life. A lot of people just aren't happy. I, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe that was constructive criticism, this one. I, I haven't seen it. I, I personally worked for Yahoo the last eight and a half years. Believe me, I've had to ignore comments. I mean, you can't, I can't, I don't look at my well, comments or I wouldn't even be able to, to you know, I mean, that's, that's crazy. crazy. And then, I mean, you deal with people in, on social media and, and some, you know, I wish I had thicker skin. But I mean, I don't, I don't, I don't know why people do that. But that's why I, I don't even interact on on Twitter very, very much because I, it's, I, yeah, I don't know, I don't know why. You tell so me it, then. It, Sorry, I mean, really, those are you. you. Okay, well, all right. I'm even saying what he said has an element of truth in it because it does. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, yeah, if it were uh, yeah, a paid podcast too. or a paid product, and I agree with your your free Yahoo columns, like why would someone say something negative about your column? They might disagree with with something in the column and start a debate. I think that's, yeah, that's those constructive. Are things. Yeah, that would be sure. constructive, but being like this column is shit or you're an idiot. That doesn't help. If it's a paid podcast or a paid product on Amazon, say you're, you're basically protecting people from buying this thing, right? So you're doing a service to your fellow consumer. You're saying, Hey, don't pay for this podcast. You can be disappointed. Don't pay for this product. You're going to be disappointed. But on a free podcast, if it sucks, well, then that's going to take care of itself, right? If, if, if the content is unlistenable, that will take care of itself. The people who listen will not be able to listen and they will not go. So your, your comment is not needed. Same as unfollowing you on Twitter, right? I mean, it's very, you're not paying. It's the same, yeah, it's the same thing. Like you're not, it's free. Yeah, you can come and go. So I, I find it a bit petty to put a one-star rating on someone's free podcast. Just don't listen. And if it sucks as much as you believe it sucks, then that's a self-correcting yeah. problem. Feels personal type. But if you're trying to harm the rating of a podcast and deter people from listening to something that's free, 
Why are you doing that? If you don't like it, you have your remedy. So that's my, that's my beef with it. And so my remedy for that is if you do like the podcast and you don't agree, then post a ton of positives. That's basically what happened. Every time someone does a negative, we get 15 positive ones, five-star ones, and it just gets completely drowned out. And I like to make the person who is trying to deter people from listening to something that he doesn't want someone listening to, to backfire, that it's actually going to encourage people to listen because we're going to get 15 more five-stars. So you have the inclination, you have the time, just show that that behavior actually has the absolute opposite effect from his intent and they can do it, but it's going to get tons of positive. So I don't even know if it matters, but I just like that he obviously thought it mattered because he bothered with his time to put a negative, get 20 positives up there and just drown it out. So I, you know, again, it's a really, I don't know if we've had a really high rating the whole time. I don't know if it's, you know, it's never made us a cent. It's never necessarily, maybe it's gotten us more listeners. I don't know. It's, it's impossible for me to say, but that was just one thing that was on my mind. All I right. add the COVID measures are going to be less and less for you to talk about it. It, it appears, but maybe I'm off base on there, but uh, well, it's the, it's not the measures per se. Right. So again, like I think that there was something accurate about that, but something inaccurate. I don't really care what the measure is. It's the fact that people are waiting around to be told what to do rather than figuring out for themselves what to do and realizing that it exceeds their powers to tell you what to do with respect to how you're living your life to that degree of micromanagement. So that's the issue. It's not, you know, whether you have to do X, Y, or Z, it's more, or whether I think this is a, a good way to handle it or not. It's more like, why did society get to the point that it did? And now, now people are saying, oh, great. The government said we don't have to do this anymore. But it's like, wait, no, the reason you don't need to do this is because you're not doing it anymore. It's not because the government said so. And as long as it's because the government said so, then if some other virus comes along or some other the manufactured emergency, yeah, yeah. you know, then they'll reinstate yeah, it. I saw a thread basically saying that's the government was doing this for years, just panic, a constant uh, state of panic, no matter what the boogeyman changes, but, we don't ever, but generation, but, um, you know, it just keeps, I guess it's easier to control when uh, the population's uh, un unrest. Uh, you know, uneasy. Uh, agreed. They want you to be demoralized and afraid. But the difference that happened in the last two years is even though they wanted you demoralized and afraid, say from ISIS or whatever the other fucking bullshit. Oh, ISIS. Oh my God. ISIS is such a threat to me living in the US, right? Like it was obviously never a threat or the war on drugs or, you know, whatever the latest threat was, they never had the powers they did for the last two years. They never got you to stay in your home because of ISIS, right? They never, people didn't voluntarily stay at home or put this, this stupid, signaling mechanism on their face to hide their face and put something over their face. They didn't succeed nearly as well with these other, you know, the war on terror or whatever, ISIS or whatever that they, that they did the last two years. So I think we've, we've taken it to a whole different level of what we've allowed to happen in the name of fear. Yeah, no, that's definitely next level. Yeah. It's going there. Yeah. All right. So that's just why uh, enough of that. So I've, I've looked a little bit on Twitter since I got back yesterday and uh, my take on the Ukraine situation is everything is bullshit. Like everything you read is just a lie. It's just as bad as COVID, if not worse. I don't know what the truth is. I have ideas of what the truth might be, but I feel like everything you're getting from the media, from different takes on Twitter is just mostly bullshit. We're just in a sea of bullshit. We're in an ocean of bullshit. What's the, what is the truth? I don't know. I have some things I would probably suspect but i'm swimming in the same ocean you are you know? yeah i'm <laughs> curious what you suspect though well i would suspect russia is going to achieve its military mm -hmm. objective okay. is my guess despite all the hype and stuff and even the new york times is like yeah some of those stories about ukraine's early victories may have been false but it was good for morale 
And so the New York Times is not even pretending. Oh, and they're doing the the two thing, right? The fighter, they made up a fighter who killed like five things and they're just going, yeah, they say it's good. Yeah. And then the ghost of the ghost. Um, the ghost of Kiev of or Kiev, whatever. Yeah, yeah. So that's, that may not be true, but it was good for morale. And I'm, mm-hmm. I'm thinking, oh, so the New York Times has gone from journalism where mm-hmm. it was matters yeah. to comms like what yeah. the effect is it's propaganda it's literally propaganda it's like what if we say this what is well, it going to do literally propaganda yeah and yeah. and they're like okay well it may not be true but but it did have good effect on this oh it may not it may not be true with this thing about trump or it may be true about hunter biden's laptop for the greater good though have? for the greater oh, good yeah absolutely it's all about yeah. it's all about yeah. it's all about what and then the greater good is obviously who's in whose opinion is the greater good yeah. this is what it's devolved to so i, I think that's mostly what's going on but i i my belief is that we don't really know shit. And because of all the BS, I, I guess I would probably think, uh, well, here's a few things that I would, that, that I would think was happening. But again, I'm swimming in the same CR that Russia is probably going to achieve its military objective to an extent, but that that military objective may be secondary. I've read some smart people who said the, the main thing was to have sort of that, the leverage over Europe and the U.S. because of the oil supply. And then once the U.S. tries to deplatform via SWIFT, then say, well, you need our energy. And so you have to pay us, but we don't want to get paid in dollars anymore. We want to get paid yeah, in yeah, yeah. gold-backed rubles or whatever yeah. it is that they're doing. And so it would basically kick the dollar off of its preeminent yeah, yeah, perch yeah. as the, the world's reserve currency. And so the real purpose of this is to get the U.S. to... And he even Sanction. warned this. Yeah, he warned like three years ago that if you keep doing this U.S., it's not going to be the Federal Reserve or whatever, the the, U- the World Reserve. It's not going to be it because if they keep doing these, these, these sanctions. He was warning that like three and a half years ago. Unless you think Putin's like just lucky to have survived the last 20 plus years as the leader yeah, of Russia. Yeah, right, right. You, you probably should think that he's not stupid. You mm-hmm. could think other things of him, but he's probably not stupid. I mean, he probably knows what he's doing in terms of sort of a Machiavellian way of maintaining and increasing power and that would make a lot of sense that he would want to get rid of the u.s's power to unilaterally punish people who are not in compliance with them so that that to me sounds plausible i'll say i don't know if it's true it sounds plausible Uh, i would also think that they wouldn't have invaded unless they had an objective they that was achievable and and all the rest is mostly noise this no fly stuff this other stuff i think now maybe the neocons with their military industrial complex donors uh, are stupid enough to actually start world war three for real over friggin' Ukraine. Maybe they are. I would never say never, but it seems like a lot of just talk, but I, and I hope it's talk. I, I hope I'm, I'm not wrong about this and we get into something really bad because, because what, because we decided that, I don't know, that we got talked into this somehow. Well, I think it's generally true. Most people, fighters, combatants don't want to be there, that people in wars. Um, I am buying what I'm seeing as far as some Russian uh, low morale, as far as maybe going empty on gas uh, on their own and and, and the videos of them calling home and whatnot. Because I do do think it's plausible that they didn't realize, they were told they were going in for some uh, different exercise and then realize they're, you know, suddenly invading Ukraine. I do believe some of that, but maybe I'm falling for that. And does that, that may not even matter. And that might be a small amount, but that was mainly counter to you. I do, I do see a lot of that, that I'm like interesting. I could kind of see that, but that may not matter. They may be overpowering them. I mean, you hear the 40 mile convoy, you know, entering, I mean, that, that seems like a pretty long convoy, 40 miles long. So they may not have the manpower anyway. So 
Anyway, yeah, I have no, I have no idea about what's going on, on the ground. I have no idea sure, like who's, sure. you know, the specifics, and I can't trust anything. Of course um, not. Yeah, of course not. But I, I just think like the, the oil, the monetary change, yeah, the, the bigger know, the, picture. Yes, I, I, yeah, I, no, he might have even had this as a long game plan. Yeah, um, yeah, absolutely. This could be ter terrifyingly change as far as the and uh, and it only changed current. when when he had the leverage. He would never do it if he didn't have the leverage, which was when they greenlighted the pipeline from Russia to Germany. The Biden did that, and when they canceled the pipeline in the US and when Germany shut down its nuclear power. And I even read, this could be bullshit, but I'll pass this along because this sounds plausible. But again, I don't have like, you know, rock solid sourcing on this. That Gazprom, the biggest uh, Russian uh, energy company, funded the Greta Thunberg, the, the anti-fossil fuel, the green mm -hmm. protests. So that things like Germany shutting down its nuclear and the US shutting down its pipeline Pipeline from Canada, yeah. Keystone. I think it was Keystone. Uh, right. The U.S. shut down Keystone at the behest of green interests, wow. that these things yeah. were funded, uh, which would make a lot of sense if the renewables are not ready for prime time, which they don't seem to be, and you had a big supply of fossil fuels and you wanted to gain leverage in a potential future conflict, it would be very smart to fund opposition to other countries having this commodity that you have make it more scarce, make it more valuable, make it more necessary, make people more dependent on you, and then launch the incursion where you know, you're, you and everybody are enemies, but you have this massive, forget about the nukes, you have this massive leverage chip that they really can't, they can't really afford to fuck with. I've seen good arguments of what you're saying, though, as far as that being the end game. I think Russia and China have been scooping up gold over the past five years and uh, the whatever the Y-U-A-N, Yuan, what is that? That, that, that Yuan, yeah. Yeah, that and, and Russia. I don't know. Yeah, Russia and China versus the West. I mean, it, it, might, it might be that coming to that. I mean, boy. Also, Trump was trying to be more friendly with Russia and they did the immediate, you know, he's in Putin's pocket and, and he didn't greenlight the Germany pipeline and he was trying to get more fossil fuels in the U.S. and whatever the negatives of this, that are, I'm not going to argue that, but he was trying to do that. And because of that, Putin would have had less leverage had we pursued those yeah. aims than we do now. And also I read something like this. And I don't know if, if Trump is playing the 11 dimensional chess or he was lucky, or maybe this is being ascribed to him untruly, but apparently like he knew that China and the U S were the real rivals now in power in the world. And that he wanted Russia on their, on our side because they're the, you know, the third most powerful country when you consider military and oil. And basically we've done the opposite, which is push the Ukraine thing right into Putin's backyard. Putin reacts. And now Russia is now, you know, they probably don't trust China entirely either, but now that alliance is more likely to happen against us. And that's bad. It's not about the good guys versus the bad guys. I think that's the comic book version of it. I think the, the real life version of it is, if you want to look out for your own interests, you want other powerful people to be, have similar interests, those interests to be aligned. And if you put yourself adversely to them, it's going to be more likely that they'll be aligned with your enemy. Not that this matters, but um, I heard hypotheticals of why, why Putin wouldn't, wouldn't want to do this during when Trump was, was president. For one, they've worried Trump would overcompensate for being, you know, everyone's saying he's in cahoots so he would have to right. be extra hard but um another one i saw a video which was uh rather comical but it's like this is the moment putin decided he had to wait until trump was gone when they met trump like totally grabs his hand and pulls putin like three feet into him like it was such a a real man like here i'm the boss move like clear yeah. so anyway, that was a funny uh congestion of yeah. trumpers being like there's the moment that the putin knew he had to had to wait but um anyway in all seriousness this, this stuff is scary 
And um, I've heard, uh, yeah, Gary Kasparov is saying this is World War Three already, and then other people making fun of him. And yeah. then I don't know. It's really, I mean, I've, I've, I've been you know, all this news source and Twitter is so beneficial in so many ways, but man, it could be, um, it could be scary others too because. I saw a whole simulation of what would happen if we really did get into a nuclear war. And that was not a fun six minute video to watch. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I've heard the argument being like, you know, if you really are truly worried about a nuclear war, your, your, your parents pay for your rent or like, it's something that people of generation to generation, everyone has, has had to deal with this. So, so calm down. But I don't know. I also don't love the idea of a, of a dictator like Putin getting his back to the wall. I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know. What are your thoughts? I think it's unlikely, but it's possible. And I think these people who are advocating for a no-fly zone, meaning shoot down Russian jets. I've heard and, that's bad, right? That's really scary to well, do that. Well, well of course, if you, shoot down, if you shoot down their planes, that's an, a huge escalation. Yeah, and, that's a huge escalation, and, yes. Look, if you want to go to war over Ukraine, right, because you think it's the line in the sand you have to draw, um, okay, well, go volunteer. You know, Go join the military and do it, or get your kids of who are of military age to do it. Otherwise, shut the fuck up. Don't send other people in there. If you want to advocate for war, I totally agree. Like there are times that, you know, that it's necessary to fight. I mean, if someone were invading my place, my home, my city, I would get a gun and I would fight them because they're going to come kill me. I have to defend. I'm not going to hide in the closet. Like you have to do it. For me, Ukraine isn't that. That's a country across the world that has its own political history and you know, it's wild, though, that he was a comedian. The president was a comedian. Yeah. He was the reason Trump was impeached. Um, he uh, won their version of Dancing with the Stars as recently as like three, four years ago. Right. Um, and now a lot of people consider him a hero because, I mean, what he is right. doing is obviously brave. Um, but I know you. I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't know about any of that. I don't know about any yeah. okay. of yeah. Well, whether it's brave or fake or funny. Oh, I know. And, and, and no then other people say, no you know, idea. Ukraine is the seventh most corrupt country in the world or whatever, too. I so, don't know. I mean, I I. I know that Hunter Biden was getting paid by Burisma, but that's just a company there. I don't know if that's you know representative of the country. I know Biden bragged about getting a prosecutor fired a couple of years ago on video, but I don't know. I really don't know about you know Ukraine or the president. I'm not saying he's not brave. I'm not saying he's cowardly. I'm not saying he's not cowardly. I just don't know. I think the media is, as you said, Twitter is a great resource, but now it's just a sea of just bullshit. I can't. I don't even, I just don't even want to look. I don't want to know. I just think it's, you're going to be clear headed, not reading that stuff. I do think there's some smart people just looking at the sort of bigger geopolitical picture with the reserve currency and what's at stake there. But like these people talking about uh, no fly zones or nuclear war, non-nuclear war. And it's all these like neocons, the Lindsey Graham's. Lindsey Graham said someone should assassinate Putin. Yeah. I mean, that's just Horrible. so stupid because like, I mean, I don't know if that's just a psyop also, but like, well, then, you know, should people assassinate other leaders they don't agree with around the world or in the U.S.? And I mean, that to me is like you're it's so crazy to even be talking like that. So I, I just think most of the dialogue is totally unhinged and it's probably not related to reality. But it is a little dangerous when you when you start going down a road of rhetoric. What can come of that? I don't know. I, I'm not even I'm just like those guys are just total idiots. The other thing that I saw Greenwald tweet, tweet about is, OK, like a lot. They're like deplatforming Russians. They're like no Russians in the athletes are being deplatformed and uh, artists and whatever people in the ballet or singer or whatever can't sing because they're Russian. And it's like, okay, well let's just concede that like invading a sovereign country is illegal and, and very bad and people are dying. Well, what about the U S invading Iraq? And if Putin for doing this horrible thing is green lighted for being taken out, what about the people who architected that war? Like why is Iraq different than Ukraine? Is it just racism that you don't think the Iraq war was as real as Ukraine? 
because those are real humans, those 500,000 Iraqis that died and we invaded them and there was no WMD there and they had nothing to do with 9-11. So what about that? That was a sovereign country. Well, Saddam is bad, so that justifies everything. I mean, I don't really, I don't really see how anybody and this, you know, by the way, the same people who are for invading Iraq are for fighting for Ukraine, by the way. It's the same neocons, the David Frums, the, the same fucking people who uh, were for the Iraq war. You know, Biden voted for it. You know, they all voted for it. I have a hard time seeing the difference between what happened. I, in fact, you, Ukraine is on Russia's border. I mean, they can argue, well, there was NATO was encroaching. It was close. They were, it was made them uncomfortable from a security perspective. Why were we in Iraq? Like, to me, that's like, it's so crazy that, that that's just been swept under the rug of history. Like, why is that not? And Greenwald brought it up. But how, how is anybody taking these people seriously who voted for that war? took no accountability for all the people that died in it. And now they're grandstanding like, and, and I agree, like the, any, anyone who dies in Ukraine, like that's a horrible crime. Like, why are they doing that? But you, you're the people that pushed NATO into Ukraine that you knew would piss off Putin and you didn't know what he would do about it. But you, you pushed them in there, fomented this, this dangerous situation and you voted for the Iraq war. And now you are on your high horse morally and saying that, I mean, this is, how is this, how is this the thing? I mean, it's like COVID, right? It's the same crazy as COVID. It's the same amount of crazy as, well, the mask didn't work. And the CDC says the mask didn't work. Okay, well, you need N95s. Yeah, but they just told you, you were just trying to kill people a month ago for not wearing their cloth mask and you found out it didn't work and now you're on to the next thing. Like it's, these people, it, it's, it's so crazy. There's no amount of facts or, or reality that can possibly intrude on their uh, moral righteousness. Yeah, I don't understand why why it is that way, but it is that way. Um, yeah, I'm here to tell you the important things, like you know that they uh, that they removed uh, Putin's honorary black belt from him, um, and uh, yeah, oh, that's cold. That, that's a real thing that they did. You know, yeah, you know, what uh, a real man would do. He would he would on a live TV enter into like a, a karate tournament with a lot of black belts in many degrees, and and win that tournament, and show the Wittgenstein's ruler that yeah. if you take the it's not the the black belt doesn't measure him he measures the black belt. right so <laughs> and he would he would invalidate their everybody would just cast off their black belts after that because he would show that he that there is no such if he's not a black belt that no one is it's like barry bonds not being in the hall of fame yeah totally yeah yeah it really is so you see all these russian yachts being seized too i mean it's wild yeah. stuff i don't know what's gonna happen to their economy that's like the fifth straight day their stock market's been closed or something like that too so i don't know what these ramifications are gonna do because i've also read a lot Boy, they are they are in trouble. The Russian economy is just is been is, is a real, know, real trouble. But who knows? I know, I know. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, the I stock market know. is right, but how much? How many assets do they? Oh, here's the other cra crazy, crazy thing. So Russia has six hundred billion dollars of foreign currency reserves, and I think those are like basically credits at the Fed. I think right. you know, so it's a liability. It's it's you know they've spent their rubles or traded sur sur trade surplus oil, whatever. So they have a big surplus of credit at the Fed, it's US dollars they own. They own reserve currencies. They probably own euros too. And I think the US was, I think this Wall Street Journal talked about this, was talking about like, no, we're just not, that's it. We're cutting them off from that. Which means that the money that's in the Fed is not money, it's credit. It's not the same thing, right? Money is your money. You can take it and, and use it. But if they, if they say, no, you can't have it. Well, first of all, you know, China has foreign reserves too everybody does and it's like well russia's the bad guy they just invaded another country well you, you couldn't be called the bad guy tomorrow i mean if, if you do if you don't comply with something you're, mm -hmm. you're 
all of a sudden, like every country's on notice that that shit's not yours. That shit's at the U.S. government's mm. whim that you can have it or not. So, okay, so gold, right? They're going to start buying a lot of gold. But we've heard that they're buying gold. What else might they buy but not say anything about if you're one of those countries? Well, yeah, that's the, yeah. I mean, Elizabeth Warren's worried about the cryptocurrency, but boy, it's, it's certainly working well for Ukraine. I mean, that's a good way to give that, get them money. Is that, is that what you're going with? Well, I'm going with like Russia is buying gold because it's, it's actually money, right? It's not some credit that the U.S. can withhold yeah, if, yeah, yeah, if, yeah. if they're your enemy. Yeah. But like, would they necessarily say if they were buying Bitcoin, just accumulating right. something? No, they want everybody not. else yeah. to get into a race with them? Yeah. I mean, they're not stupid. They've got technologically savvy people in Russia. I mean, you don't think somebody's like, I think maybe we well, should Well, I get do some worry then that that would be an, an impetus to make the Liz Warrens of the world get the government to worry about. I kind of do worry about well, that. Well, I mean, you could try to shut it down which yeah. and fail and risk disaster if everyone in the U.S. doesn't buy it and has to give theirs up. And people yeah. in Russia and Iran and North Korea and other yeah, countries that aren't. That? I know. I right. wouldn't put anything right. past our government. But yeah, I, but, I agree with you they could try and lobby, but it's going to take a while. And there's a lot of influential people with a lot of billionaires, and a lot of Bitcoin, and she's not going to just get that done. So in the meantime, someone else will be on the other side and say, well, we could try to do this, but we might fail and it could be catastrophic if we fail. Or since we're the biggest, we're the biggest uh, treasury in the world, the reserve currency, well, we buy the shit out of some of it. They could go the other way. And to me, that's the path of least resistance because if you try to shut it down, you're playing whack-a-mole. You've got powerful people who are opposing you. I mean, Elizabeth Warren is, is completely craven. Uh, she faked her racial identity to get ahead in politics. Mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. this person, she couldn't even get fourth place. She got fourth place in her own state in the primary. I mean, this is not a... Uh, I, uh, not a person, off, I like how this, this promotes conversations with cryptocurrency at minimum, though, because it's like I've had friends ask me, oh, so they can just go seize, which I think the Binance people are saying no, right? But um, they can just go seize uh, to stop it. I'm like... Well, yeah, the same thing as a bank, and it's the same conversation I heard. Man, there was a lot of uh, a lot of uh, I don't I don't see any money commercials. Like the Super Bowl was was overthrown with these commercials. Like you never see commercials for money, and I'm like, yeah, bro, you didn't see one commercial for Bitcoin. You saw commercials for the bank equivalent to the banks, all the exchanges. So I like that at least that conversation's going on, and people are understanding that exchanges equal banks. And yeah, you don't want to have your Bitcoin on those. You're correct. You don't want to for this very reason is because right. it could be seized. You right, want them frozen right. in a different way. You want them in cold storage frozen is what you want. them. you want to be your own bank. And that is true. And I don't like crypto so much, although you could say crypto, but it'll go back to Bitcoin. You know, Ethereum had oh, a big problem. Cents. I mean, like yesterday, apparently MetaMask, which is, I guess, the wallet for Ethereum, it blocks some IP addresses in Venezuela based on some laws that were like, hey, we're not allowed to do business in Venezuela or whatever. And people kind of were like, well, what the fuck? this is so centralized that you can block addresses from sending or receiving ETH. And then basically MetaMask is owned by Infura and that's owned by like some big banks. It's very centralized, basically. DeFi is, is very centralized, apparently. And it kind of woke some people up. Like if you can block it in Venezuela, then you can block the IP ad addresses every, anywhere. And so there really is only one. The, all this Bitcoin crypto, is decentralized and all the rest are centralized pretty yeah. much. So this is really pushing everything into one, you know, now the governments can make it hard on Bitcoin. There's no doubt about that. But the harder they make it, the more they make the case. Bitcoin is so resilient because there's the game theory, which is game like if theory, Russia gets yeah. some, the US has to get some, otherwise take a huge risk. 
So that's one game theory. But the other game theory is the harder you make it, the more you seize funds from the truckers or lean on a company or lean on an exchange and Coinbase, you're basically saying, oh yeah, not only is this so necessary because they can take your money no matter what, but you got to self-custody it. So they're, they're, they're pushing you into the most right. sovereign <laughs> use. Opposite of what they want, they're pushing it too. They're, yeah. Yeah. By, by showing who they are, they're basically revealing the importance of it. And it's, yeah. it's a beautiful thing. I mean, it's really a beautiful thing that this is designed so, with so much wisdom and so much foresight. Yeah. Second order effects and, and things you can't see coming is just the more you, the older you get, the more you realize it's just constantly with every decision. Just, yeah. Yeah. And that's a big one there. So any, anyway, interesting stuff, man. Well, I want to read this uh, before I forget, listen, I'm, I come from a farming background, so these words might not mean a lot to you, but um, they, they, they mean something. Uh, China has banned phosphate uh, urea exports until June, 2022. Russia banned exports of nitrogen fertilizer until June. Uh, potash, you might not have heard of, but that's very important. We'll go offline for the number two and number three producers via sanctions. This has never happened in globalized world dependent on modern cult agriculture ever. I mean, this is a big deal for people in the farming community. What's happening. I don't know what's going to happen, but it's, it's crazy. I know the, what was wheat's going crazy somewhere, but I don't know, but that's, 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 I don't know if all this is just uh, worrying about uh, something that's not going to come. Because I've been saying, I feel like the last year I've been worried. Oh, man, I can't wait. The inflation's here. I guess our, our, you know, paying $6 for a ga gallon of gas, I guess, is pretty wild. But um, anyway, it looks like the future might be even more wild. I heard that too. A guy in my Portuguese language class does ag agricultural stuff. And he's saying that potassium nitrate, one of the fertilizers is, is Belarus, Ukraine, and Russia are like three of the biggest producers of it in the world. And have more than half. And, you know, there, I read a book called the alchemy of air, which is talking about the turn of the century, the early 20th century, like in the UK, some eminent chemist made a speech at like the Royal society of London, whatever it was saying that we we're going to run out of food because we were getting UK, at least in Europe and the U S they were getting fertilizer from South America. If you wonder why all those South American, all those South American cities have like European architecture, well, it's because they used to trade with them in the 19th century to buy all this bat guano that was like all over these islands in South America near Peru and Chile. And they used to get all this fertilizer, but that was running out because they just used so many tons of it. It's also how they make gunpowder. And, and basically these Germans who ended up getting co-opted by Hitler, but beforehand in some ways saved the world because they were able to get the uh, nitrogen out of the air. Nitrogen is the most common element in the air. I think it's like 15% oxygen, but it's mostly nitrogen in the atmosphere. And they're able to make ammonia, which is a t which has nitrate in it, into a liquid. And then that liquid could be used to make fertilizer. And they knew how to capture it. But it took a lot of these crazy hot chambers. I don't know the, the science behind it, but there's, there's a way to set it up. And I think the way they do it today is just like a more highly advanced system of that. But it's the same basic science that gives us ammonia. And I don't know if we could just do that anywhere because it's air or, or what else you need. But I don't know how long it would take to set that up to do it at scale. But it is interesting that like, you know, as of the early 20th century, very smart scientists thought we were running out of food because we didn't have enough fertilizer. And so if there was a shortage of fertilizer worldwide, now maybe they could ramp that up over time, but animal manure is not sufficient to like at scale feed everybody as fertilizer. So the stuff's not going to just grow. And we've like depleted the topsoil and stuff. It's not just going to grow without the fertilizer right now. Like you're not just going to be able to feed billions of people. So, I, so who knows how serious that is, but it, it doesn't strike me as crazy to think that that's a threat. Yeah, I know it's all those monocrops too. We'll be talking about that with seed oils uh, yeah. next, next talk. But I mean, there's some crazy shit going down. It's weird because like every day 
Twitter is like this whole mess of bullshit and you can't decipher what's really going on yet. Like the markets, they're pretty volatile, but they're kind of the same. Nothing really crazy has happened yet. Everybody's still doing their job, going about their business somewhat. Uh, and it's very weird, this sort of World War III collapse of civilization, yet everything's normal. Everyone's still at their laptop, giving their hot takes. There's something very surreal about it. I don't know. You feel that way? Yeah, and then I'm in my own bubble, just uh, going on fantasy baseball podcasts, listening to them and doing drafts and worried about baseball and getting fired up over them delaying the season. So uh, I distracted, I'm distracted by that. But man, if baseball goes away, then yeah, I'm just, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's, it's scary wormholes you can go down right now. And baseball doesn't even exist. That's the crazy thing. Like, talking about fantasy. It's a fantasy of a fantasy. It's not even, no. there's no season yet. And they haven't, you know, they're not that close to... Uh, oh, know. man, I have booked hotel room in Vegas and a flight and everything. I mean, it's all very uh, yeah. very frustrating. Did you see the, did you see the uh, YouTube, uh, the, the advancements they made on Fab? It's pretty awesome. That They got it. It's pretty cool. They, they have, uh, it makes it so much easier. You can copy across all leagues now. All your leagues. That's really good. Yeah. That's oh, really good. Yeah, no, they did a lot of work and it's, yeah, it, it, you can, it shows you what they're available and all your, yeah, it, it's pretty, pretty made it, it just, really easy. It just shows like, you know, when, when there's money at stake and they have a business like that, the innovation comes like these, every other commission service they should have done that, but they, it's Greg's company that's doing it. I feel bad for Greg with this disaster of scheduling main events and stuff. I mean, you know, I it know. sucks for, if you're just in the industry, it sucks. If you're dependent on the money, it sucks. But if you're literally, can't even schedule and and you know there's going to be i mean people are very loyal to greg which is good but it's just a tough spot two two out of three years you know and two years ago there was covid i, I want to leave on a, a positive note there's a uh, new browser coming out called impervious have you heard of this mm, i don't think so no so it's apparently and it's going to be unveiled to the public april 7th at the bitcoin miami conference and so it i think operates over the lightning network and they say, imagine Google Docs without Google, WhatsApp without WhatsApp, Zoom without Zoom. Basically, and I had an idea for this, but they, they beat me to it. Another one of my billion dollar ideas that I give away for free all the time, which was that let's say I, because I was building a website and I told the, the guy who's building it for me, I said, well, what if you allowed me to read Twitter in my own website, like built a sort of app in my site so that I can have my Twitter feed, I give my login to them and it just feeds, you know, it's like TweetDeck is like that, but you could just build it into your own website. And let's say you built another thing in that I could reply and tweet through my website, through my Twitter app to other people. So my website is now hosting and sending my Twitter feed. But why not do it for Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, you know, all of them. They've got all my logins. Every time I, it feeds into like whatever my latest post is and it feeds into responses to it and I feed them back. And let's say that all my posts, which go out to all my social media platforms, in addition to going out, you know, having the login for my Instagram for my Twitter, by the way, I don't have Instagram, but just, you know, whatever. I had also had like an RSS, like just a generic feed, you know, right. uh, that went out and let's say everybody started doing this. Cause they're like, well, why do I, I don't want it to type out eight different posts. I just put one and it goes to all my properties, all my different social media things, but it also has the generic. Well, you see, once everybody had this meta app that had all the apps in it and also had the generic, it would also pick up the generic feed. Once we all had all these apps, and the app was talking to each other, then we could just delete all the, the middlemen and just use the generic feed back and forth through our meta app, right? Because everybody would be on it. The reason it's so hard to start the new Twitter is not because Twitter is so amazing. It's because no one's on it. Minds is a new one or Getter or there were some others, Parler. All those apps, all those platforms, the problem is like, yeah, fine. Fuck Twitter. They censor, right? They lie. 
but no one's on those. So like if I want to yeah. communicate with, see what Michael Saylor's saying or what Safetyne's saying or what Marty Bent's saying or whoever, they're on Twitter, Glenn Greenwald and whoever, I mean, they're on Twitter. So if a bunch of us go to the new app, there's not enough of us going. They don't have the network effect. But if we have this meta app that just basically uses the existing network effects of all these other apps, then finally just cuts out the middleman. Well then, done. Well, I think this is, I don't know exactly how it works, but I think this might be like that. It's like, it's using lightning to sort of bypass these middlemen. And I don't know how well it's going to work, but I definitely, I signed up to get like a, a preview version. Nice. Yeah. So it's called, it's called impervious. And again, I don't know how well it's going to work, but imagine how cool that would be to have a decentralized ecosystem of all the shit. Zoom, you know, Zoom doesn't have the, your videos and Twitter doesn't have your doesn't own your identity on Twitter. I can't find a proper browser, period, let alone with all those ex extra extra editions would be nice too. But yeah, no. Anyway, I mean, uh, we'll see. We'll see how, what, how promising it is. But I saw that and I thought, if this is even like 50% of what it claims to be, it's, sure. it's, it's the game changer. I, I right. think it would just be incredible. So anyway, that would be a positive note. Um, WhatsApp reminded me, I, I watched Zuckerberg two hours on Lex Friedman uh, podcast. I, I wouldn't say it's worth your time. He didn't say much. I mean- whatever i was curious just because he's mark zuckerberg but right. it wasn't i didn't really feel like anything was i learned anything so whatever he was yeah. fine he's he's uh i don't know he's i don't know he's i don't know i don't know how to describe him but um it's, it's interesting nothing, yeah. it was nothing yeah. you thought he'd be a lot more interesting than he was basically. yeah well no i had yeah no that's about that's about what i'd expected i guess actually but um yeah that, i wouldn't say it was anything revealing at all and um yeah i don't know you thought you might get some intel that you didn't get. No, just, get I don't insight. know. I don't know. No, I don't know. He was just, it wasn't the hardest questions. I don't know. It was you thought it would be shitty. It was shitty. Yeah. And now you know it was yeah. shitty. Yeah, and I remember, yes, exactly. So anyway, so good talking list. Uh, do you have hey, anything else? I just want to say, really appreciate people who have contributed money to this podcast. On Monday, we're going to do a health one. But as I said, good reviews on, on uh, iTunes would be nice just because I want to make bad reviews have the opposite effect. But even better is contributions. That's where it's like, wow, people really value this. We should keep doing it. You know, I got a lot of very nice DMs and emails uh, once, you know, once the XM show ended and that, you know, the show was important to them and, you know, this podcast has been important to people and that's really gratifying. I'm glad it has value. And so we just ask value for value. If you're, if you're getting value, consider contributing some value. It's going to be free for now. We're not imminently planning to take it pay but it definitely keeps it going and helps us feel like, okay, people are, it matters to them. So um, that's the best way to do it. We're going to have a, uh, a Bitcoin button up there. I'm just getting a little confused with how to post it, but it'll get there. All that stuff eventually does. And then Monday, let's do it, man. We'll do a, uh, we'll do a health one next. Cool. Sounds good, man. All right. Take care, man. Feel better. Hey, Liz.